back when all of this was happening, and it just reminded me of something that uh, as just on cue, the, the roosters were going and the chickens were quiet. You know, the Christmas scene that morning was not a quiet scene, was it? If there were animals there, which the Bible says there were, and, and if, you know, it wasn't, it was smelly, it was loud, it was chaotic, and so what we just saw was a, a pretty good replica of, of the Christmas story, right? They did an amazing job. I just want to thank Pastor John uh, for doing that, and yeah, our children's pastor, he is awesome. Your children are in good hands with our children's ministry and Pastor John and, and Ken and Eric who wrote the script. They, they did a good job. But, uh, well, we are here this morning, and uh, I'm going to try to follow that. And it's going to be difficult, but we're going to try anyway. But we're just going to take a look for about 30 minutes at the, at the Word and the Christmas story and uh, see what God has for us this morning. I do want to say a few things before I get started. That is next weekend... Christmas is one week away. Are you guys ready for it? Prepared? Can we just have a moment of honesty real fast? Just real fast. This is family right here, and so you know, we, we can be honest with each other. How many of you guys have not done any Christmas shopping yet? Come on, man. There it is. Thank you. Okay, so I'm not the only one. So good. I'm glad. I need to start a support group for procrastinators is what I need to do, but, but that's later. That's later. Next Sunday, Christmas morning. Not our, our Christmas Eve services next Saturday night, we have 4.36 and 11.30. And then next Sunday, Christmas morning, we're going to have one service. It's at 10.40. So those of you who are 9 o'clockers, don't come at 9 o'clock. The doors are going to be locked. It's going to be cold. It's going to be a lot of... Wait till 10.40 and come at 10.40. We're going to have one service on Christmas morning, 10.40. And uh, I got a special treat for every child who will be here on Christmas morning, we're going to have a gift, one they could unwrap. It's not some cheesy little, you know, little, it's a gift. I mean, it's a toy. It's a toy that they're going to be able to unwrap. So every kid who comes to Christmas service that morning with their family, we're going to give them a toy that morning that they get to unwrap. It's going to be awesome. Now, the only rule is parents, next Sunday morning when Pastor Sean's preaching, you don't get to take that toy and play with it. That's all we're asking right there is just you keep it with the kids. But it's going to be a fantastic morning. Come join us for one of our Christmas Eve services or Christmas morning services next week so that we can come as a family and celebrate the birth of our Savior. Amen, church? All right. Well, let's get started. And uh, there's a tradition, if you're visiting with us this morning, we have a, we have a tradition that we do here at Clovis Hills, and that is um, we regard the Bible just extremely high. It's the Word of God. And so in honor of that, we stand as, as we read the Word of God. So this morning, if you have your Bibles, your tablets, your phones, whatever you use to access the Word of God, you can take it out right now because we're going to be in Luke chapter 2. And I have a very special guest who's going to read Scripture for us this morning out of Luke chapter 2. And I believe he is going to start uh, somewhere around verse 8. Uh, but we're going to cover all of chapter 2. But i got a very special guest who's going to read for us this morning. So if you can, in honor of God's Word, if you are able to, please stand and join us for reading of God's Word. And my friend Linus is going to read the Scripture for us this morning. 
And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Amen. That is the word of the Lord. Have a seat. Did you notice something about, how many of you guys have watched that, like growing up, you've seen that, you know, hundreds of times throughout the story. You know what, I've, I've watched it as a kid, and I, and I watched it as an adult with my kids, and every year we watch it, and you know, as I was preparing for this message, and I was like, oh, that would be cool if Linus could read the Word of God for us, and, and I was just watching it, trying to cue it, and all. you know what I noticed? That right as the part where he began to read in the scripture where it says, and the angels told the, the, the shepherds, do not be afraid, he dropped his blanket. Did you notice that? Go back and watch it. I never, all those years I never noticed it. it. But as he said, do not be afraid, he dropped his blanket. And we know Linus never drops his blanket. That's his security blanket. Isn't that awesome? I, Charles Shorts, he was a genius. He was a genius. Anyway, guys, I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? Have you ever been in the wrong place at the wrong time? And you just thought to yourself, how did I get here? Why, why did I get stuck in this moment, in this time, and this is what's happening? Wrong place at the wrong time. I have. Several times. In fact, I'll tell you one story. On my way, on my way to work, when I was in college, I went to California Baptist University. It's okay. There's no, no alumni from California Baptist. Thank you. There's a few. That's the cue to go, yeah, go Lancers. What? And, uh, but anyway, that's just me. Anyway, uh, I was on my way from California Baptist University to this church I was working at when I was in college. And uh, every, you know, every other day going into work, I had to take the 5 freeway. And if you're familiar with L.A., the 5 freeway is a, just a hectic freeway. But I would jump on the freeway in Riverside, go to Downey every day, hop on the 5 freeway, uh, eventually get on the 5 freeway. And uh, one day, I'm just driving, you know, of course, doing the speed limit in my little 1981 Corolla. Yeah, okay, you know. Close to the speed limit in my 1981 Toyota Corolla. And my 1981 Toyota Corolla was a wreck, man. I mean, it was just a, it was just a wreck of a car. It was a typical college car. You know, it, it leaked when it rained, and so my car always smelled like mildew when it rained, and it had all kinds of little, little things to it, but uh, it was a faithful car. And I'm just driving in the fast lane down, you know, the 5 freeway, like I did every day on my way to work. And there was two cars in front of me, or two trucks in front of me. Two trucks in front of me in the fast lane. There was somebody who was hauling some stuff in the back of their car, and they had this big blue tarp over it. And then there was a truck right in front of me uh, that was just, you know, driving. And then there was me. And we're just, you know, going down the five freeway. And all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but the tarp off the truck, two cars in front of me, flew off, landed on the windshield of the truck in front of me, and so he couldn't see, and he hits the brakes, and he starts the fishtail. And so what do I do? I hit the brakes. 
Now, because I love my little 1981 Toyota Corolla so much, and because I didn't, I, I, I was just, you know, insurance things were coming in my mind and all this kind of stuff. Instead of it slamming right into the back of that truck, I turned my steering wheel to the left and I slammed right into the center divider, which made me just spin out of control just like this. Smoke going everywhere. I'm spinning. When the smoke clears, I'm facing oncoming traffic. I get out of my car, and there's a blue tarp sitting there because the truck in front of me, he just got out of the truck, took the blue tarp off his windshield, and just kept going. And I was just there. It was me, my car, facing oncoming traffic, and the blue tarp. Yeah. And so that's what I had to explain to the CHP people. I'm like, this is really what happened. I know there's no evidence on this, but except this blue tarp. And it's so funny. In L.A., everybody's in a hurry to go somewhere. And so there I am facing oncoming traffic, taking up three lanes. And as people are coming, trying to sneak by me because they're in a hurry, and I'm creating such a traffic jam. By the way, I turned on KFWB, which gives updates every eight minutes, and I made the news. It was awesome. <laughs> I could finally say I made the news. But, but people were coming by, and they're like, get out of the way, man, eh, you know, and, and giving me certain fingers that, you know, you know what, what I'm talking about. And, and I'm just like, well, I'm sorry for inconveniencing you all, but this is kind of a situation here. And it was just the place that I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. If I wouldn't have been in the fast lane, and, and if I would have just been in another lane or, or a few cars behind, but sometimes we're just in the wrong place at the wrong time. How about this? Have you guys ever been in the right place at the right time? You know, sometimes you just are happen to be there, don't plan it. You just happen to show up. Something great happens. Right place at the right time. I got to tell you, this is a true story. Uh, a week ago today, so, so me and my family and, and my partner, we own a, a little restaurant called Cravings over there. It's on Herndon and Armstrong. And right next door to us in the, in the strip mall that we're in is a convenience store. It's called Snappy Foods. Last Sunday... Somebody walked in to Snappy Foods, right place, right time, man, not knowing whatever. They walked in the Snappy Foods, bought a, bought a scratcher, one of those scratcher things right there, scratched it off, won $555,000. Right place at the right time, right? I, I was talking to the owner. He was telling me about it. I'm like, that's incredible. He goes, you know what's incredible is we only sold two scratchers the whole day. It was a slow day. And one of them happened to be for 555 the right place at the right time. And I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I, you know, I'm a pretty open guy. I'm not going to lie to you, man. After I heard that, I was like, Lord, I'm like just right next door, man. You can't give me like <laughs> just a little heads up, you know. I never bought a scratcher in my life. God's honest truth. I never have. But Lord, man, right, I'm right next door. <laughs> 550, right place at the right time, right? This is kind of where the Christmas story starts. The Christmas story starts in Luke chapter 2 with God moving Mary and Joseph to the right place so they'll be there at the right time. Read with me. If you have your Bibles, read with me. Luke chapter 2. And I moved my Bible. I don't know why I did that. There it is. Luke chapter 2. It says this in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman Empire. 
This was the first census that took place while Quirinius, Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house in the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expected a child. And then the cock crowed, and it was glorious. Okay, I'm going to look back there for a second. And the, man, in a full honesty, I was standing back there, and Pastor Sean came up to me and said, I'm going to make that rooster crow while you're up there, even if I have to stick my finger in. That's what he told me. That's what he told me. So I was just checking to see if he was back there. That's yes. yes. Man, when I was in Egypt, I would preach with like people with machine guns and stuff. I've never preached with these guys right here, right in the back. This is awesome, man. I just, you guys just need to know the kind of staff that you guys have at this church, man. This is all we do all day, mess around and laugh our heads off, man. This is awesome. So what we have is we have Mary and Joseph who are being moved by the Roman Empire to get them to a place so that they can register, so that the Roman government can count all the people in its empire so they can extract more taxes from their people. That's why it was happening, right? The Roman, the Roman Empire decided that they needed to recount the people because they felt like they weren't getting enough taxes. So they made everybody go back to their birthplace so that they could recount the people to make sure that all the people are given the right amount of taxes. Not much has changed huh? <laughs> now that I think about it. But this is what's happening. What's happening is in the story of, of the empire is that Caesar Augustus said, I'm going to make everybody move to their place. I'm going to inconvenience everybody so that we can make sure that we're getting the most money from our people in taxes. But what the Roman Empire didn't know, what Caesar didn't know, was while that was playing out in human history, God was right behind the story. He was right behind the story. If you guys aren't going to say amen, they are. I'm going to say that right now. So we need to get alive in this place. What was happening was God was rewriting the story. He's writing. He's, he's about to step into human history. And he is about to, he's about to show that he is still in control no matter what we think is happening in the government around. Still true today. So many of us are so worried about what's happening with our, with our political systems, not only here in the U.S., but around the world, and we get stressed about things that we can't control. But those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus Christ know that God is still rewriting the story. And what's happening here in the story is, while the government is moving, God is saying, ha, ha. I am going to rewrite this story. I'm going to use Caesar Augustus to move everybody around the, or everybody around the empire so that I could get Mary and Joseph to the right place at the right time. Don't tell me God is not in control. So many times we think that, that we might be stressed out or we are sick or bad things are happening to us. Perhaps, just perhaps, church, 
that God is rewriting your story. And he's stepping into your story. And he's moving things to get you to the right place at the right time. And so Joseph and Mary get to the right place at the right time. It was the right place at the right time because thousands of years ago, the prophets prophesied that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And so he used that to get them to the right place and the right time. Did we just have one escape? Could have swore I heard feathers coming up on me. I'm getting paranoid now. <laughs> in my ear. So the Christmas story unfolds with this census. And Mary and Joseph get to the right place at the right time. And you know what strikes me about the Christmas story? Every year this strikes me as a Christmas story. Here we have God entering into the human story. As Eugene Peterson says, he took on flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. He entered the human story at this time in this place. And as he was there, there's only a handful of people who got to experience the birth of our Savior. This most important event in all of history, there's not a more important event that took place than the moment when Jesus stepped into human history and was born. And you would think an event like that would, would, would cause a, a celebration. And yet, the scripture says there was Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus and a handful of shepherds that just happened to be at the right place at the right time. And then some magi who came later. And so Jesus slowly and quietly entered into human history and I always find that to be interesting, that, that here's the Messiah, the one who is going to take on the sins of the, of the world and save us and, so that we might have a relationship with God. And he slowly, just on a cold night, with animals all around, smelly barn, chose to enter human history that way. And you know, I began to think about that, I... You think, why is that? Why is it that, that he chose to enter that way? You know, I wonder if I was born back then, the, the chances of me actually being there would, would have been so small. See, there were people around. They just didn't know the incredible event that was about to take place. There were people all around. The innkeeper was there, but he didn't come out to see the birth of our Savior. So even if we were born 2,000 years ago, what would have been the chances that we would have actually been around to see this incredible event that was about to change history? Slim to none. And I began to think, I wonder if that translates into today. That, that God is on the move in our lives and that, that God is moving all around us. And he is, he is changing the human story all around us. And how many times have we chosen not to meet him where he is moving? And we have chosen not to see the things that he is doing in humanity. And so he entered that night so quietly with just a handful of people. But those people were in the right place 
at the right time. I remember my story, how I was in the right place at the right time, January 1985, just as a young 14-year-old. I didn't grow up in church at all. In fact, I had no, I had no concept of church. Easter was about Easter bunnies, and Christmas was about Santa. I didn't know anything about church. I didn't know anything about God, and that's how I was raised. But in January of 1985, I found myself in the right place at the right time to encounter this, this, this God who had a plan for me. See, my brother, who, who's about four years older than me, he started going to church. And he started going to church, and he kept inviting me, and he became a follower of Jesus. And, and he would come home and tell me, man, you got to... You got to come to church with me. You got to hear about this Jesus. And I was like, no, 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 that's not for me, man. I'm not for me. You know, and, and my brother, I, I have a good relationship with my brother now, but back then, you know, you know rivalry going. And, uh-oh, did I just die? It's the rooster. They're still out to get me. Right here. You want this one? Brown, 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 brown. Purple? Oh, brown. Brown works. What can brown do for you? <laughs> How do I recoup? Where was I? Thank you. I'm glad somebody's listening. <laughs> we need to put this one on the internet. This service right here. Hi to everybody listening online. This is awesome. So my brother started going to church and he kept inviting me and, and uh you know, my, I thought my uh, uh, scout's honor, I was never a scout, so that don't mean anything, but <laughs> I thought my brother was the biggest nerd. He was a nerd. He's still a nerd. I love you, bro, if you're listening, but he's still a nerd. And, and, and I thought to myself, man, what, what kind of church would take my brother in? It must be a church full of nerds. And I had, a, I had this, this, this idea in my mind that the only people who went to church were uncool. They were nerds. They were people who, who got rejected from any, everywhere else because, because they didn't belong anywhere else. And so there was just a bunch of misfits, like Misfit Island, uh, you know, on the Christmas you know, show. And, and, and that must be church. And so that was my equation of it, and I thought I was way too cool for that. So he kept inviting me, and I kept saying, no, 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 bro, I have a life. I like girls, things like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to go to church. But he kept inviting me, inviting me, and finally... Finally, he comes back, and I hear him tell, talking to my mom and dad. And he says, he says uh, to my mom and dad, he goes, hey, guess what? I met a girl at church, and, and now I have a girlfriend. Oh, this was time for Scott to enter the conversation. Talk about right place at right time. I just entered that conversation. I said, what? You have a girlfriend? Impossible. Nobody would date you. And he says, no, it's true, man. I got a girlfriend. You should come to church to to meet her. I said, I ain't going to church. Give that up, bro. And I said, I'll tell you what, man, let's make a bet because I think you're lying because nobody's going to date you. I said, you produce a girl who says she's your girlfriend next week and I'll go to church. So sure enough, a week passed, Sunday came, after church, he gets this girl to come to the house. And, I, and he gets this girl to say that, that she's his you know, boyfriend. To this day, I can't verify if it was true or he paid her but he got a girl to come to the house. And I was like, okay, 
I got what's going on here, man. You go to one of those churches that are for the blind. That's what it is, man. Can you see me? That kind of a thing. But he produced a girl. And so, so he said, you lost the bet. You got to go to church. And I was like, okay, I'll go to church. Uh, right, I'll go to church. So the next Sunday came. True story, next Sunday came. My dad was not a Christian. He, he was not a follower of Jesus at this time in his life. But he was a Marine. And he always told me, your word is your bond, son. And so next Sunday, my brother wakes me up and says, hey, you said you're going to go to church. Let's go to church. And I'm like, let's do next Sunday, man. I think the Chargers are played and all this kind of stuff. And I had so many excuses. And then like five minutes later, my dad comes in, rips the covers off of me, takes the bed, flips it over and says, get up, you're going to church. I was like, yes, sir, you know, I'm going to church. And so I got ready and I went to church. I got to tell you something, church, I found something there. I found something in that church that just got my attention. Her name was Nancy. Oh, man. She was pretty. I said, I like this church. There was the, there was, the, the ratio to girls to guys was like three to one, so I thought I had a shot here, man. And so I kept going to church, back and back, just kept going to church, kept going to church. And, and, and I just kept moving my way down the road towards Nancy. You know, one day I was over here and then here and then here. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I'm going to get close enough. I'm going to talk with her. And, you know, how can she resist this? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I was fooling myself back then. But... Uh, then I got word that something major was going to happen. There was going to be a retreat. And all the high schoolers were going to go to a camp. You know what happens. I shouldn't tell you parents what happens. Every, kids go to camp and they pray. And they just, that's it. That's all they do. Send your kids to camp. But in my twisted mind, I thought to myself, this is my moment. This is my time. I can go and I, man, under the bright moonlight and with just enough camp burritos in my system. I don't know. I, this could happen. And so on Saturday, I heard there was going to be a campfire that night. And I thought, this is the time. Who can resist at a campfire? Look at this. This is going to happen. And all day I just plotted out, plotted out. So we went to, we went to service that night. And there was some guy teaching. And I don't, I don't even know what he was talking about. I had no idea what he was talking about. All I know is there was a campfire that night, and I was going to make my move at the campfire. And so we got out of the service, and, and everybody's walking up this hill to the campfire. We had to walk up a, a muddy hill, and uh, as I'm getting ready to walk up the muddy hill, my friend Jim stops me, and he puts his hand on my shoulder, and he says, hey, Scott, hold on. i got to talk to you about something. And, and my friend Jim, he's a really big dude. He was a sophomore in high school, and when he was a sophomore in high school, he was like 6'2", about 220 pounds. He was just a big dude, just a big teddy bear, man. But uh, he put his hand on me and goes, Scott, i got to talk to you about something. He had like a deep voice and everything, so I was kind of scared. And so I stopped, and I, and I said, all right, Jim, what's up, man? Hurry up, because i got somewhere to go. And he said, he said uh, so did you hear the message tonight? Yeah, yeah, great message, man. Woo-hoo, i got to go. And he goes, hold on. He goes, i gotta, I got to tell you about Jesus. I know you don't know Jesus. And I said, yeah, yeah, Jesus is a cool guy, man, but I got to go. Somebody's waiting for me. I got something else to do. And he said, he said, no, 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 man, that could wait. I said, it can't wait because I got a lady up there. And he goes, no, 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 you don't understand. I don't think you understand how much God loves you. And I don't think you understand that, that Jesus came for you. And he was born and he lived and, and he died and he sacrificed his body for you. And I... 
I said, that, that sounds all, all great, Jim, but are we done here? Because I got to go. And I was starting to lose my patience. Even though he was really big and he could squish me like grape, I started to lose my patience and he kept talking. And I said, Jim, listen, man, I, that Jesus stuff is good for you. I'm glad you believe it all. And that's great for you, but I'm telling you, I don't need that. So we're done here. I got to go. And then something really did happen that, that I'll never forget. Big Jim, 6'2", 220 pounds, he, there's a, a tear started to come down his cheeks. And he just said to me, he said, Scott, I, I just really need you to know that God loves you and he wants a relationship with you. And he has something for you, a plan for your life. And I'm just worried for you. And I don't know what happened in that moment other than the Spirit just got a hold of me. The Holy Spirit just got grabbed a hold of me. And I said, okay, Jim, tell me more. Tell me more. And on that cold night in January of 1985, I gave my life to Jesus Christ. Yeah. I never got up to the campfire. Me and Big Jim cried together. <laughs> I was in the right place at the right time. It was the right place at the right time where God says, I'm going to enter into your story now, Scott. I'm going to enter into your story. I've entered into the human story. I lived to give you an example. I showed you what it was like, what God was like on earth. And I died for you so that you could have life and life abundantly. And now on that night, he entered into my story. And that's what the Christmas story is about. That God stepped out of heaven and stepped into humanity in the right place at the right time. And you know what I love about the Christmas story? There were shepherds there. You know who shepherds were back then? Back then, people didn't say, I'm going to go to school to become a shepherd. I'm going to major in shepherding. Shepherds were the lowliest of the lows. They took care of the landlord's animals. Had no respect. And those are the type of people Jesus invited to the party. He invited the magi. And although they came a, a, a while later, he invited the men. You know who the Magi were? We talked about the Bible that they were wise men. But you know who they were? If you look and see who the Magi were, they were sorcerers. They were alchemists who came from a foreign land who worshipped foreign gods. And he invited them to the party. I love the fact that we serve a God who invites anybody to the party who is just willing to say, I'll come. I'll come. I just want to know more about God. And this morning, that's who he's inviting to the party. He's inviting anybody in this auditorium to say, listen, I stepped into humanity, and now I want to step into your story. And if you're just willing to say yes, if you're just willing to say yes to God, he's inviting you to his party. And he wants to step into your story. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 4. 
And we're going to close with this. It's one of my favorite Christmas passages, and it's found in Galatians. It says this, verse 4 and 5, But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. You see, he wants to step into your story. He wants you to adopt you into the family so that you become a son or a daughter. And his arms are open and he's ready to take anybody who will just simply say, yes, I want to come and be part of the party. You know, you might have came this morning to, to you, you might have had a grandson or granddaughter or son or daughter or, you know, you might have known a neighbor kid and said, I'll come to church to watch them sing. You, you might have came this morning to see Dave Cameron in a camel suit. I don't know. But that's entertaining. I'll tell you that right now. But the question is for you. I know for a fact, church, that it's the right place and it's the right time. The question is, are you the person who's going to acknowledge that the God of the universe is ready to step into your story? And are you willing to say yes to the invitation? Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful. They're overjoyed, in fact, that on that cold morning, with no one around, you used the Roman Empire to place Joseph and Mary at the right place at the right time, and you chose to step into humanity, step into our story. You took on flesh and moved into the neighborhood. You did so, Father, because you recognized since the beginning that we live in a broken world. That you chose to come and speak to us in our brokenness and even to give your life as a ransom for our brokenness. Father, we're so grateful. So, Father, we're a church this morning who just says yes to you. That wherever you may be working, Lord, we, we want to join you there because it's all we have, God. It's all we can get back is to just simply be your servants. So, Father, we pray that this morning that your spirit just roams and fills this place, Lord that your people will say yes to that invitation. So church, this morning, as you, we just continue to pray. Let's just continue to pray. Just every head bowed and eye closed. I just, I just have a question, and I, I, I have to do this because the message is so important. So as believers, you're praying. I just I have a question. That question is, is there this morning, as you came to this place this morning, and Maybe you're just checking out this God thing, but you just came because the kids are singing and stuff. But maybe this is the right time and place for you. So this morning, I, 
I have a question for those of you who are not sure about the relationship with God. And you're just hearing and feeling that this is the right place at the right time. I just wondering this morning if you would just acknowledge that you're separate from God and this is the right place and right time to get to, get to God and enter into that relationship that you know you are missing. If that's you this morning, just everybody else is praying, everybody else is praying. But if that's you this morning, just wondering if you could just raise your hand and just say, Pastor, that's me. This is the right place and the right time for me. Thank you. God bless you. I see both. Awesome. Just raise your hand. Say, Pastor, this is me. This is the right place and the right time. Thank you. I see you right there. Awesome. Anybody over here? This is the right place and the right time. If you raised your hand this morning, that's your desire of your heart, I want you to pray a prayer with me. And the prayer is just simple. There's nothing magical about the prayer. It's just inviting, saying yes to God, inviting Him into your life. And it's just, just repeat something like this. says, Dear God, I know this is the right place and the right time. And I'm tired of being apart from you. So I invite you to come into my life Forgive me of my sin and make me the person you want me to be. God bless you guys for praying that because I am convinced that this is the right place and the right time for you. So, Father, we are grateful that you've chosen to, to meet us here. So, God, now as we sing to you, we sing like the angels sang, Lord, as they came upon your birth, and they celebrated with the shepherds, and they told them, don't be afraid. And they rejoiced, Lord, and that's what we do now, because you chose to come and enter humanity. So we sing because of that, because we have been changed by what you've done, Father, and we can't keep it in. We sing because you are worthy to be sung to, and we praise you this morning. We love you, God, and all of God's people said, Amen. Before we sing, we're going to sing a song. It's called uh, Beautiful Name. Beautiful Name. We're going to worship Jesus because he has a beautiful name. But I want to encourage you to do something. If you raised your hand, you prayed that prayer with me, I want you to, to take this bulletin that was, that was given to you as you walked in. There's a little tear-out card there. You could fill it out. And you could just let us know that I prayed that prayer with Pastor Scott this morning. Just put that. Because we would love for you to walk with that. We would love to walk with you in that journey. And then I tell you what, there's some guys over here that are going to be at the baptism tent. Tent, it's not a tent. That's outside. The baptism table over here. They would actually like to give you a free gift this morning. And what it is, it's just a great book that will get you started in your Christian walk. If you take that over to them, they would love to give you that. You could do that during the song. You could do that after but we'd love to get to know you, okay? The rest of us, church, God is worthy to be praised. Amen? Amen. So let's do this. Yeah, let's celebrate. I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something, yeah. Last night, there were more people cheering that somebody won $555,000 at Snappy Foods than they were cheering when we think about what God did for us this Christmas season. So forget Saturday night. We're going to set a new tone this morning. Let's stand up and let's worship the one who entered humanity. Let's praise in his name together.